Welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness, where we explore health, fitness, transitioning, and queer life from beyond the binary. Proudly brought to you by Fearless Movement Collective, the home of queer fitness and health. And here's your host, Bowie Stovar. Hi there, welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness. This is episode 31. My name is Bowie Stover. I use they, them pronouns, and I am Robert stoked to have you join me. This show is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty never was and never will be ceded, and I pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. On this episode, friends, we're going to be looking at just how outdated calorie counting and diet culture really is and not only outdated but toxic and harmful and just not necessary we're going to be looking a little bit at the history of dieting and how it turned into an industry of body shaming fat shaming stereotyping and body policing because it's a thing it's so just overbearing it's ingrained in everything that's around anything that has to do with fitness you're going to be hearing stuff about dieting or eating and restriction and that sort of thing now I don't talk about this stuff very often because of it being such a loaded topic and because I don't think it's appropriate to try and dictate to people what they can and can't eat it's highly unnecessary because the relationships that we have with food are so different and it depends on who we are. So our backgrounds influence our relationship with food, what our cultural connection may be to food, all these things, emotional connection to food, how we may have used food as a coping mechanism to support us when we felt like we need that bit of a, a lift or an emotional boost there. So there's so much that goes on with eating and it's not so simple as just energy in versus energy out, which is the oversimplified version of what the fitness industry pushes. And it doesn't take into account so much of the connection that we have with food and the way it makes us feel and all of that sort of stuff. Now, diets and dieting are just bullshit. <laughs> I did do an episode, uh, number two, like my second episode of the podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes. But in that episode, I did talk about approaching eating in a very different way, more focusing on a holistic approach on how food makes you feel, not versus what you should and shouldn't eat or on how it's going to make you look. Just approaching food by how eating makes you feel. Because I think that is so much more important. It's so much more holistic. And it gives each individual an opportunity to shape a relationship with food that works for them. Because ultimately, that is what it's all about. It's not about having to look a certain way or, you know, fulfill some sort of stereotype. Because the bullshit that Western culture puts out there is that you need to be skinny. Like, ugh, this is so bad. See, our bodies are more than just energy processes. So eating is not just about calories in versus calorie out, meaning by that, that the amount of energy that you put into your body in the form of food, which is calories or kilojoules, depending on which country you're in, because <laughs> we can't make it more complicated. But the energy that you put into your body versus the energy that your body uses during a certain day. And this is calories in versus calories out. And it's an equation that is really commonly used by fitness coaches to tell you whether or not you are eating too much or not eating enough. 
And it really takes out the whole connection that we have with food in so many different ways and pretty much turns us into just our bodies are machines and they need a certain amount of energy or fuel to be able to do X, Y, Z as a result. And like there's no... There's no emotion there. There's no connection there. There's no understanding. It's such an oversimplification and it's why I think it's just so harmful and so toxic because it focuses so much on the outcome being how your eating is going to make you look. And that is all. It's all about look. And every person's body responds so differently to food. So we need to take that into account. There are a huge amount of factors involved with how food influences our bodies, how it influences our mental health as well, how it influences our energy levels and just our general well-being. So to say that food only creates a physiological response in our body, being that it either helps us to reduce our stored energy or soft tissue in our body by eating less food, or if we eat the, the right amount of food, then we maintain a body weight. Or if we eat too much, then we gain weight, we gain stored energy. Now, it's not about that because the way we think about the food that we're eating has a direct impact on how that is going to influence our body. So if we eat something and feel really shit about it, then our body, because it listens and it has these chemical responses based on our thoughts, our hormones are influenced by our thoughts. So if we're eating stuff and then feeling shame and guilt and badness around it, it's going to have a negative response in our body. But if we're eating food and we feel good about it, we feel positive, it helps us feel good in general. So if we're eating the foods that we know help us to feel good, then it's going to have a more positive response on the body. And it's just never viewed that way. It is such a holistic thing when it comes to nutrition and it's just put into these categories based solely on aesthetics. And it's just not necessary. It's You don't need to diet. You don't need to be on it. The diet culture and fat shaming that goes Back. It goes way back. So I had a look into this because I wanted to really kind of understand where it comes from because I've learned all about nutrition and stuff. I've done a lot of my own reading and learned ways that people can learn to eat that sustain their bodies and help them feel good both physically and mentally. Now, I went on a bit of a deep dive down the rabbit hole that is Google and started really digging into where diet culture comes from. Now, it dates back to like ancient Greek times. So this is 2,000 years of ingrained body shaming towards people who are overweight. Because back then, the Greeks, they were like pretty into themselves. <laughs> I don't know if the statues that you see are anything to go by. So that they were really into themselves. It was all about aesthetics. It was all about looking like the perfect human and having that muscular physique. Or if you were assigned female at birth, having the perfect feminine physique. And none of it was positive around people who held any excess soft tissue in their bodies. It was shamed. It was seen as having a mental imbalance. If you were overweight in ancient Greek times, you had a mental imbalance and you were unattractive. So that hasn't changed. Like, I don't know about what you've heard, but it's really similar to the same messaging that goes on today. So it is so just rooted so deeply in views and for people who do want to start looking at what they can do to change, the information that's out there, not only is it loaded with a whole lot of toxic bullshit, it's just confusing because there's so many different perfect diets that people can go on 
that aren't necessarily going to work for someone. They might work for some people and not others. So one person who has a positive result from eating in a specific way that may not have any other factual basis other than I did this thing and it worked for me. So now I'm going to sell it to people and tell them that that's going to get them where they want to be. So it's full of false promises as well. You've got diets like keto diet, which is not eating a lot of carbohydrates, mainly just eating meat. Uh, because it gets your body into a state of ketosis, which is, quote your fingers, the prime state that your body needs to be in to burn fat so you can stay lean and ripped and bleh, that's just ugh, yuck. <laughs> We've got the paleo diet, very similar, saying that cavemen used to just eat meat and occasionally vegetables and stuff like that because apparently we know that. No, they don't know. I don't know. Atkins diet, similar again, same as the low-carb diet. All four different forms of the same sort of diet, but sold as different things. You've got the clean 30, which is just eating unprocessed foods because apparently that needs a special name. You've got intermittent fasting, juicing. Oh my gosh, juice is not a diet. I will never stop saying that. <laughs> People who are to think they've got a you know, detox, they've got a detox or they've got a supplement because apparently our bodies can't do that by themselves. They can. We have kidneys and we have a liver. They are the detoxifying mechanisms within our body. Juice, does not help. Juice is not going to be sustainable long term. It's not going to be helpful. And the one thing all of these diets have in common is that they are focused on weight loss. It's not focused on, hey, try this out and see if it helps you feel more energized, see if this helps you sleep better. Maybe you've got bloating, maybe you've got constipation. Why don't you try eating this way? Because maybe that will help you just feel better in general. It's like, no, no, we can't talk about that. Anytime we talk about diet, it's we think you're fat, so you have to lose weight, so you have to eat like this. And it's just, it's not cool, friends. Now, this stigma that has been there throughout history around people being overweight and around people needing to diet is it's so toxic. And our whole fitness industry is based around this belief now, diet aids have been around for a really long time, from way back. So some of the aids that people used to use to, in the hope that it would help them lose weight because, you know, publicly they were being shamed for being overweight. There were things that were actually carcinogens. There were soaps. If you wash your body with this soap, you'll lose weight, guaranteed. It's like whole industries were developed around feeding on the fears of people and the shame they felt that was pushed on them by society and then society trying to sell them the solution. The solution is acceptance of people at any size. It's the fact that you don't have to have a perfectly skinny body to be an amazing human, to be beautiful or attractive. This, this narcissistic view that so many people have that it's all about how you look is blinding. It blinds so many people and it harms so many people. Back in the day, even cigarettes were sold as a weight loss aid. Um, back in the, like the, in the 1930s, around the time when it became acceptable for, you know, quote your fingers, women to be allowed to smoke as well as just men, then the flappers were like, it was a big thing. They would have like their fancy smoking sticks and stuff like that. And the flapper style was whole, you know, skinny, skinny women in really tight fitting dresses and it was this image that was sold and cigarettes were one of those ways that people could lose weight, one of those ways that people could get skinny and really fit in with the whole style of the time. 
And this ties in with the movie industry as well, because the movie industry really solidified the misogynist views that skinny, quotey fingers women is attractive. If you're a skinny woman, quotey fingers on the women there, because, you know, apparently that label is just based around people with vaginas. But that is what is attractive. If you're not that, if you're not skinny, you're not attractive. Now, this wasn't pushed so much onto men. It was all focused around AFAB folks. Go figure that one. <laughs> Are we really shocked? Now, this stigma around constantly having to lose weight, feeling like you've got to fit in. If you're not skinny enough, then you're not going to be accepted into society. You're going to be judged. You're going to be seen as lesser than. You're not, you're, you're not, you know, you're not trying hard enough. You're lazy. All this fucking bullshit that's there and it's it's a message that's pushed too much by the fitness industry it's not helping anyone I mean if it was do you think after 2,000 years of pushing this message that maybe if it was going to do something helpful it would have by now like how long do you need to try and keep perpetuating something that doesn't work before you realize it doesn't work really the beliefs that people have around being overweight are ignorant. They're based so much on these ingrained biases towards people deemed to be obese, particularly AFAB folks. Again, I'm going to highlight that because it's such a, such a stigma around AFAB folks and overweight and beauty and it's classist, it's ableist. It ignores the very importance that nourishing our body can have on us because it's so coded in shame. It's led to so many eating disorders. People die from these harmful views that are pushed onto them. People become bulimic. People become anorexic. It's consuming for a person who wants to feel so accepted to have to feel like to do that. They've got to push their bodies to these extremes. They can't feel good about anything because it's really shameful for them to eat anything because what if, it look, what if they put on weight? What if they're seen as someone who's quotey fingers fat, you know, then what's going to happen? Then they're not going to be accepted. They're going to end up alone and unhappy. And that is the messaging that is also being pushed by not just the fitness industry, not just by ignorant fluff burger trainers, but by every sort of marketing that's around. Who do you see advertised? You see skinny white women. That's it. You see really muscular white dudes. Like this is that image that everyone is expected to fulfill. Now, recognizing this culture that is there can actually help you in your approach to eating and also help you to recognize that a lot of these views aren't ones that you have to buy into. I know there's a lot of pressure out there. It can feel like it's so important to have to fit in. You've got to do that because if, if something's repeated at us enough times, then we can think, shit, well, it must be true. It's not. It's not true, friends. It's so loaded. It's based around the standards of beauty that are pushed onto us by a culture that doesn't want to help us. It doesn't. So when it comes to eating... You don't need to count calories. And I know so many coaches out there, and I'm in groups with a lot of coaches who do push this sort of thing. They talk about how you need to count calories. If you don't count the calories of the food you're eating, then you're just guessing. 
You don't know what's going to happen in your body. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a better way to do that. Like you don't need to be weighing and measuring everything that you ever are going to put into your body again. Because when it comes to eating, that's what we need to think about. What is going to be sustainable long-term? Because when you start changing your diet, and it's so common for people to go from one diet to the other, one diet to the other. And growing up, I saw my mum do a lot of it. It would be one diet, then another one, then another one, and another one. Always trying to do this, that one thing for that quick fix to lose weight. And it doesn't work. If you keep on going from one diet to the other, to the other, to the other, multiple things happen. Like you're never necessarily letting anything happen long enough. Or you may lose weight initially, but as soon as you change your diet to something else, those changes that have happened in your body are going to undo. It's so common. Statistically, any person who loses a reasonable amount of weight within three years will have gained it back. And a lot of that comes down to ingrained habits that we have, sustainability of the nutritional avenue that we're pursuing. So if it's something that's really restrictive, something that's really hard, like you might be able to stick for it, with it for a while and that's great, but there's going to come a time where maybe it becomes unsustainable, maybe your life circumstances change and then it becomes a way of eating that you can no longer follow and then all of those outcomes that you've had because you've stuck to this one way of eating, they undo and you gain that back and often with more weight on top of that as well. So it's really important to be mindful of this, that if you are looking at changing the way you eat for your own reasons, not because someone tells you you have to lose weight, look at ways you can eat that help you feel good physically as in like the food you're eating gives you energy, the food you're eating helps you sleep better, you may like get less bloating, less inflammation in your body, all of these things. So food is not just about losing weight, it's about how good it can make you feel because you can eat in ways that help you feel more energized, that help you feel full and satisfied as opposed to like overstuffed or bloated and uncomfortable. And when I support any crew who talk to me about food, that is often how I talk to them about food. It's like, well, what do you like to eat? Let's look at those foods. Don't stop eating those foods. Just eat those foods slowly. And over time, you can begin to notice how certain foods make you feel just by paying attention when we eat. Because so often, and I am such a big one for this as well, it's really common to just scoff your food down. You're not necessarily taking notice of how our food tastes, of what it feels like, like texture, smell, and really taking the time to experience each mouthful of food. But when you slow it down and you actually start eating your food slowly and noticing how your food is for you, whether you actually enjoy it or not, it influences what you do and don't want to experience. And over time, you can actually start to understand that maybe something you thought you really liked afterwards can like you've eaten it and afterwards feel really gross like because it takes a while for our brains to start communicating with our stomach and these messages to start going out and linking that oh well you know I love let's say for example I love hot chips I love hot chips (laughs) I love hot chips so much but I know when I eat them, I love them at the time, but then within 10 minutes, my stomach feels really gross. I feel bloated. I feel nauseous. And 
this happens every time I eat chips. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I really want to eat chips. And it's like, no, no, don't, don't eat the chips. You don't need chips. You like the idea of chips. It's like, I love the idea of hot chips. In reality, hot chips make me feel really gross and lethargic and bloated. And the next day, even, I feel not very nice in my body. And it took me a long time to realize this. But once I did, I started being able to go, okay, I can have hot chips, but I know it's going to make me feel a bit yuck. Do I want to experience that? And sometimes I'm like, heck yes, I just need hot chips. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, you know what? I really, as much as I would enjoy eating them right now, I know later on I'm going to feel a bit yuck and I don't want to feel like that. And approaching eating like that feels good because I'm making the choice about how I want to feel based on the food I'm eating. I'm not thinking about food and going, well, I can't eat this because it's carbohydrates and there's diets out there that say that if I eat carbohydrates, then I'm going to get fat and it's not going to be very good for me and shame, shame, shame. And if I eat them, I'm going to feel guilty and I'm going to feel really bad about myself. No, eating for you is what is most important. And that means eating in a way that you can feel good and nourished by the foods that you're eating. And it can take time. This is not a quick fix. This is not something you have to do fast. If we can gradually begin to learn how our body feels after we've eaten food, we can decide how we want to feel. And that is one of the most empowering ways I've found to eat and feel good about the foods I eat without shame, without guilt. And it's taken a long time to get there because I used to, while I was training, also eat whatever. I used to drink a lot of alcohol and none of this made me feel good. There always was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt with it, a lot of personal judgment and the thoughts that other people would be judging me as well. So over time, I've learned to feel how certain foods make me feel and then be able to make very conscious choices about how I want to feel. How, and I'm directly in control of that. So for myself, I allow myself to eat those things knowing I'm going to feel a bit yucky without shame because I also know that I have a capacity to also eat foods that I know help me feel good, that help me feel energized, that I don't feel bloated after, that I actually feel just satisfied. I don't feel overfull. I feel just satisfied and like it's something I've enjoyed. And it takes just slowing down, slowing down when you eat. It is seriously the most profound thing you can do when it comes to your eating. Eat slowly. Doesn't matter what you eat, just eat it slowly. You don't have to be on a diet. You don't have to go through cycles of dieting because there's a way you can diet where it's like, I eat this really restrictive diet, but then for however long, I'm going to have a break from that. And then in those breaks, people tend to binge a lot and then they feel bad because it's like, oh, well, I've wrecked it now. And then you go back to this really restrictive diet and it's this cycle. Restriction, overindulgence, restriction, overindulgence, and it's harmful and it's shameful and long-term, not sustainable. I don't know about you, but I don't think that having to weigh everything I'm ever going to eat ever again is fun. There goes eating out because you're going to be sitting there looking at each meal, judging it, and then judging yourself. And then if you do eat it, just feeling shit the whole time. Restrictions are fucked, friends. Fuck food restrictions. You don't need to restrict anything you're eating. Just 
eat your food slowly, without judgment. Feel good about the choice you've made, regardless of what any of the bullshit out there says, all the body shaming, all the toxic views, they can fuck off. Because you are living your life, you are living you, and however you decide to eat and however you want to present yourself to the world, however you feel good in your body, that is what matters. It's all about how you feel in your body. And if you feel freaking awesome in your body, regardless of your size, then that is perfect. And there is no need to change anything about yourself. You don't have to lose weight because you owe it to society's views on any of what is being pushed. That's just not cool, friends. And you don't have to do it. And I know it's really hard to not buy into that messaging. But if 2,000 years of diet culture has taught us anything, it is that restrictions, that dieting, that having to monitor everything that you consume, it's not sustainable long-term. It is not helpful for you. It's not helpful culturally to anyone. And it is a needing to change. And you don't have to, you don't have to be part of that because you don't need to diet. You don't. Any choice that you make about food is your rightful choice to make. And that is all that matters. So feel good about whatever you decide to do. Now, the one thing I can advise when it comes to training, because if you start moving your body and you've decided you want to change the shape of your body for you, then when it comes to training, you are going to have to eat more food because you got to you got to burn energy. And if you've got some stored soft tissue, amazing. That actually gets converted into energy to fuel your body. So it can be a bonus there. But <laughs> the less stored energy you have, the more food you need to eat to start sustaining your body. So be mindful that if you are someone who's looking to get lean, you can eat what you usually eat now, but just eat slowly. If you are looking to gain mass, you may need to eat a little bit more food to help your body and support that because what you don't want is to not be eating enough food and your body to start breaking down its own self and the muscle that you do have to help fuel it. So it can be a little bit of a challenge in that space. And if that is something that you're feeling a little bit challenged about, or if you are someone who has faced eating disorders, then I really strongly recommend that you find a good nutritionist. There's so many out there who have that same outdated view that it's all about calories in versus calories out. So be mindful of who you're going to see. But finding a really good nutritionist who gets how to eat holistically, they are going to be a good support there for you. So I really strongly recommend if you feel like a little bit like you don't have the confidence to jump straight into doing something yourself or you've had experiences or are currently experiencing things like bulimia, anorexia, get that professional support friend for your own safety. And there are good nutritionists out there who can support you with that. Now let's have a look at what we've gone over today because it's been a bit of a big session. <laughs> we've looked at the toxic history of fat shaming in diet cultures. We've looked at some of the most common forms of dieting being that low carb, high protein diet. It's the most common one, that inducing... Juicing is not actually a diet. We need to look at 
how we can eat holistically, how we can eat in ways that feel good for us to get the outcomes that we want for our bodies. So feel good about that. And remember, all it takes is eating slowly. You don't have to shame yourself about what you eat. You don't have to restrict yourself with what you eat because that's fucked. All you need to do, friend, if you are looking to try something different is eat slowly. And when I say eat slowly, I'm talking, take about 20 minutes to eat your meal. That's it. Try it out. I, I challenge you. Start smaller. So you set yourself a little timer for like 10 minutes. Start smaller. Build up, build up, build up over time. You don't have to do it all at once. Eat slowly, friends. 20 minutes to eat a meal. I promise you it will change your life. No shame, no guilt required, no restrictions. So you can find all the details from today's show in the show notes. I will have that up on the website. You can jump in, check it out. If you want to get in contact with us, you can go to our website and message us there at fearlessmovement.co. You can find us on Facebook at Fearless Movement Collective. You can find us on Instagram, which is where we are the most, at Nonjender Fitness, at the handle non underscore gendered underscore fitness, Fearless Movement Collective at fearless underscore movement underscore co, or me, Bowie, at the dot no dot t dot nb. So until next week, friends, remember, your worth is not based on your body fat percentage. And you don't need to look a certain way for anyone. So find how you feel best in your body and rock that. That is truly all that is important. Have a rad as day, pals. <laughs> <laughs>